Father God, that we have a, an exhausting week for our church. Uh, we're in the rush to have another week, and uh, I just pray for your will. Grant that it's easy, and that for the someone in the congregation that was living in sin, and it was clear that they were sinning, and uh, and everybody knew it. And when that person came and uh, just came to, I don't know if it was came to, went to a room. <laughs> Um, and and said, listen, they they have this testimony, but it's one of those those trivial testimonies that people give sometimes, actually just to give an opportunity to touch the need. Um, and said to him, listen, can I please share this testimony? And so the thinking that went down there, the person is already on the fence, the person is already far out, the person is already struggling. In order to pull the person in and not hurt the person's feelings. Let me give the person the opportunity to share it. Not for the people's sake, but for the person's sake. And uh, um, as we did that, it was very clear, it was very clear that the Lord was just pleased with the fact that we were compromising on what would be holiness. We were compromising on what would be the standard of the Lord simply to accommodate the feelings of the person. Um, and it... it it strikes me a lot, you know, as, as, as an elder and in the way that I lead God's people and in the way that we care for the house of God, how often the need to accommodate and how often the need to regard people's feelings to the extent and to the cost of compromising the feelings of the person. And uh, um, uh, two weeks ago, someone else had a, had a, had a dream. It was different, but it was in some way similar. It was it was a worship setting, and uh, um, we were worshiping. And one of the things, if, if a person was not uh, sharing the dream, and I explained the dream, I explained the dream as I, heard, as I heard it. And so the dream gets a few twists along the line. But the message, the message will come across, <laughs> I'm sure. But anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a worship session, uh, uh, setting. We are worshiping. And um, there's, there's a lot of the elders. It's, it's, it's a fairly large gathering. A lot of the elders, a lot of the guys are there. And then on, on part of the band, on the banner, there's, there is someone that carries just a completely different spirit. Uh, in the dream, the person actually said it was cleared as a New Age spirit. Um, and for a while, the person was still continuing worshiping, worshiping. And then the person that ran came to me and said, did you see that? And, and did you recognize that that person is, is not carrying? And initially, uh, um, I'm just representing this, so this is not real. But initially, I let it go. And I said, no, 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 it's fine. And then this all came to the attention that person was not carrying it. And then we stopped there. We stopped there at that particular worship session. For a while, as the worship was continuing, even though the people that was on the band was gifted and skillful musicians, the sound that came out of it was just a gong, 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 gong sound. You, you know, you know where, 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 where that verse is in the Bible. Even if you have all the gifting, even if you are able to heal God, even if you are able to work in powers and in miracles, even if you are giving yourself up for a, as a burnt offering, even if you give up all the all you have for the poor, but you do not have love, you're a mere gong, gong 
symbol. And uh, uh, and no, the clanging symbol was not necessarily how the people are coded, but the clanging symbol was definitely how God was coded, right? And uh, um, this dream again, this dream again strikes me because I know the Lord was saying, the show can't simply merely go on. And we can't merely just have the show continue to go on for the sake of compromising ourselves. We cannot merely play that which looks good or appear good or will attract or will keep. But in our hearts before God, we are compromising our holiness. And uh, um, I, I, through this dream, actually I told the worship team, I said to them, guys, I just want to say, I just want to say to us as a team, I don't care, I don't care how many chords we can play. I don't care how many, how, what, what notes we can reach. I don't care how smooth and how slick we are. If our lives is not worship, if our lives is not worship, if we compromise on worship and holiness in our lives, even though we can keep the show going, even though we can uh, get, get things running, it's a clinging symbol. It's just gone. And we need to hear what God is hearing. We are not here to stand for anything. And... Uh, um, Yesterday, and I'm, I'll, I'll keep preparing for the last three weeks, actually. But yesterday, yesterday, as I was uh, um, asking God, I knew I knew you want to say something on this. And I asked him, God, what, what is it that you want to say? And I felt Psalm 23, 24, verse 3. And I thought, that's it. Okay, it says, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? I, I went to my wife that's leading worship today, and I said, baby, there was a song, there was a song that I sang when I just got a Christian, became a Christian, it was many, many years ago, that was the hit song, but we haven't sang it for such a long time, I don't know if you know that song, maybe you can consider to prepare that song, you guys can, uh, um, and she said, That's always comforting because I know that is what God wants to say. And so I, I, uh, um, I want to read this, this portion of this psalm, verse 3, because it's just fantastic. Verse 3, for you shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and you shall stand in his holy place. He who has a clean heart and a pure heart, who does not lift up gold, that is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive both benefit and righteousness from God and from his anointed. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God Almighty. So, you know, uh, I felt like the standard, and that's been a little bit coming out for me, the standard of holiness that we are trying to reach today, that if it might be in our hearts and it might be in the way that we live that we've settled for something. Maybe even in the cost to accommodate feelings. Maybe at the cost of just the show must go on. Maybe at the cost of so many things. That's just how it is. 
that somehow we've just kind of compromised on the standard of what holiness is. So I just want to say, uh, um, when we speak about holiness, I know the general feel with holiness would be uh, uh, sinlessness or uh, a sort of morality. I use I, 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 I think of that word not not a lot when reading the Australian word sinlessness. But uh, I, I, I used to say, you know, if sinlessness is the aim, if sinlessness is the aim, this pulpit is doing better than all of us. This chair is doing better than all of us. Right? It's not sinlessness that's the aim. It's a holiness that's the aim. Holiness means in some ways we're being set apart for God. And so we can carry a certain morality. We can carry a certain goodness. But in every area, if the Lord needs to put his finger, are we set apart for him? Now, here's the thing on, on the goalpost shifting. You know, I, uh, um, one of the things, luckily Warren and Lynn didn't tell that story, but they went into England and they spoke to some of the people there and some of the teachers in the schools there. And some of the teachers said in some of the schools that they are challenged with now, this is school kids, that they are challenged with now, is there is a new generation, the fluff generation, the fluffies, the fluff generation. So these kids identify, it's not gender, it's not gender dysphoria, it's not they, they're confused concerning their gender. They're concerned, of they, they, they're confused concerning their species. So they identify as cats. So they identify as cats. Now, a teacher needs to accommodate someone that identifies as a cat and will not speak to you in human words, but will mouth to you. One mouth is a yes, two mouths is a no, right? There's a code in which we communicate with one another. Listen to this. In the schools, they have litter boxes. In the schools, they have litter boxes to accommodate what they identify with. So that if they want to go to the loo, that must be a loo accommodating what they identify with in that litter box. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And the school is accommodating that. Now, I know some of us are thinking, we're still fighting the battle about what the, if, if a man considers to be a woman, and it's like, what is a woman? That's the last question we whistle. It's like, what is a cat? I mean, what is a dog? I mean, we, we've, we've got completely different questions here. Now, if you tell a fluffy, it's like, it's so 2020 to say you're a man if you carry what men carry. That's not even a battlefield. The goalposts have shifted so far. You know, when I was a kid, I, I grew up in a nice conservative Afrikaners area. This was the battle. This was the fight that was fought in the, the schools, in the state, not in the church, in the state. Is sex before marriage right or wrong? That's the type of battles that we fought. Look where's the battle now. dare touching a fluffy is telling them no like maybe just maybe you're a human what no <laughs> no you know it's like I, I, I'm, I'm, 
saved. The goalposts have shifted so, so severely that where is our normal and where is our holiness? In, I, I, right? So I trust, I trust something of what we have become as normal, what we have standards, what we have settled in as standards, that somehow in the face of Jesus, we have not in the face of my circumstances, not in the face of my culture, not in the face of the church around me, but in the face of Jesus. Are we shaken to that extent? It's so funny, you know, um, Marky, you, you feel a fear because of laughter, okay? <laughs> Shucks, I thought I'm actually going to preach because I'm so good at laughing at things. But Knock uh, um, in, 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 was in, in Japan recently. And it's amazing how weak, weak the church is and how little, little time they give to God. It's like you're lucky an hour or two hours a week, mostly every two weeks. And if you confront them, why? This is like, it's just no other way. It's what my job requires. It's what my family requires. If I live a normal life, that's what I have left. And I give God as much and as best as I can. You see, uh, 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 their standard has just subtly and subtly shifted by the culture. A lady that's uh, not with us, who was with us, hardly. She, I think she spent some time with us when we were in Japan. But she was part of the group that went to the, to, to the outreach in the villages. Hardly, um, she was two, two years ago, she, she, she moved over. She felt God moved her over to Kiel. She's a lawyer in town. She's got her own law firm. For the last year, whenever I see Audrey, Audrey is absolutely swamped with prayer. I mean, she's she's running a woman alone, her own law firm, right? And she's walking working with divorce cases where the leads are dead. She's she's very busy. <laughs> and uh, subtly, just the demands of the world has just stole away from from the life and the workings that she believes God has and the things that God has. But she is like, I cannot help it. I try my best to accommodate what I have. And she went with to the, to the Netherlands. And she see that not elders, not full-time elders, not deacons, guys that's leading a com is working, is, is, is giving two days of their work and they don't go to work just to serve God's people. And so she was so overwhelmed by the way the people lived. She was so overwhelmed by the standards that she saw there that she had to kind of reconsider her life. Yandere spoke to her the other day. She said, like, I mean, she didn't say it in so many words, but she was like, basically, screw this. I'm not working on Friday. That firm is closed. Now, I don't know if the firm is closed, but she's not going in. She's just going like, I cannot allow my work to dictate what is set apart for God. I cannot allow that standard. I cannot just simply move with the stream, with the wave, and at the end sit with a type of Christianity that says, this is really the best I can. From everything that is left of my life, God, I... No, 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 no. 
maybe everything else we submit to the standard of God and set our lives apart from Him. Our work doesn't dictate. Our work must be set apart. My family, my kids, my everything, my time is set apart. God is King. And according to that, everything else then will need to be brought Can we just reconsider what is normal? Can we just reconsider what is holiness? What it means to ascend the hill of the Lord? Ascend the hill of the Lord. What is he trying to say? It's like there's nothing of this world that has hooked me. Who will ascend the hill of the Lord? Those that have a world that's no hook to them. There's no touching them. They're completely free. This world does not dictate anything. You know what the world is? This famous singer became famous because of the way that she demonstrated how to handle the world and how God wants to handle it. She said, she said in that thing, she said, hey, listen here, I know you get the praises and the applause from people, but they don't care a hoot about you. They just want to suck your dry hands and come and give you the praise. And somehow the world is calling you to give you work, to give you work, to give it by promotion, to give it by applause, to give it by showing up. This world offers me nothing. Ah, the world hates God. And so many of us and so many things just have that little slight hook that the world can just keep a little hook on us. To keep us not ascending the hill of the Lord. It's free. Free. Anyway, I want to I wanna read you guys quickly a, a verse I just read. Because these guys seem to be pretty free. It's in Hebrews 13. Women received back to their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured refusing to accept release <laughs> so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mockings, flockings, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two. I wonder how they did it. You think they did it like this? Or they did it like this? They, uh, upside down. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. Now, you know what the translators are saying? Maybe God can say this about us. The world is not worthy. These guys were so special. They were so dear. Oh, the world hate them. But God looked at them and said, the world is not Wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. All these, though commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised. Oh, they laid down their lives for God fully. They didn't have that pot of gold, that pot of blessing in their hands. It was just faith. Just faith. There was not a link or a hint 
what they could get out of it. They were even free of an earthly reward. Folks, nothing lasts if you get no earthly reward. Ugh, enough. Who will ascend to the right hand of the Lord? That's the question. Who will ascend sure that that windows are perfect everything perfect there's something in you that just don't feel like you, you don't even want to touch never mind just throw a rock in a window there it's just like you you can't do it it's like there's something that feels sacred right now on the flip side <laughs> you go to one of those soviet flat buildings that is patched together and so skewed. The graffiti over that place is just crazy and you struggle, you know, it's it's like, I don't want to say it looks like a cathedral now, you know, what you see in there, a whole feet, but you just see here and there a whole window. And uh, the feeling is, what is one more window? If I would step out of line at certain points, it would feel like throwing a stone through a window of the Winter Palace. This is how it feels. I've actually thought about it. There were times in, in, in the way that I would speak to my children. 
that I would consider my children in the way that I speak to them, Lord God, in the way that I would speak to my wife. And, and in a moment of anger, or in a moment of, and you know, you're just short, and you just go, no, I would say it, and I would be, I, I realized yesterday, I realized over time, yeah, and this is wrong, your parenting skills are just wrong. And it's such a lie. It's become a lie. And now when I do it, it's no longer a, huh? Remember there were certain areas in your life that when you overstep Subtly, the broken window is not fixed. Subtly, it's just not the same effect as it was before. I just want to ask Giselle, and I know still that winter challenge that through so much reverence that everything that we say and everything that we act and everything that we do is sacred and holy before the Lord. And yes, we sin, but as soon as it happens, there's something of a, is that, gone. The purity of our hearts, the purity of our lives is just diluted. I mean, it's not like I beat my children with a hammer. (laughs) It's not like I'm kicking my wife. Something of the winter palace life, the winter palace speaking, the something of the purity, is just the, the, the undiluted gone. One of the things of being with Monet on this outreach is something that I'm going to say now. I heard him. I heard him a couple of times phone his daughter and speak to his children, and I was sitting into the conversation. <laughs> There's small spaces in life. But in the way that he spoke to his kids, I was thinking like, oh, he's speaking to them as it's like this, this treasure. Nothing short, nothing. It's just like everything. It's like this, this, this purity, this reverence, this reverence, this set apart. It was just like observing how he speaks to his kids. And I thought like, the broken window is not moving. But a short answer. Pure hands, guys. Pure, undiluted, pure hands. Hearts of a father. Have things of God felt like a sacrifice to you? That's my test of where my heart is at. There was a time, like for the Dutch churches, you want to call us five times a day? Why not six times? Are you serious? Only five times? Why not six times, man? And then there comes a time that subtly my heart just drifts. And suddenly three times becomes a serious sacrifice. And then as my heart drifts more, suddenly just one time. You want to mean I need to wake up Sunday morning at 8? The feeling of sacrifice for me is something that I can't. And you shift it not by forcing down a second and a third meeting. Change your heart. 
experiences the most beautiful thing I would see a student and I would see the, the student's heart and just drift drift, drift, drift and then the person would say I can't do this anymore and then the person would say this place is like hell he'd be a smiling at me <laughs> and then many years ago so this place is like hell and I'm like and just grind it out. Come on. But I know the issue is not in the grinding it out. The issue is my heart. Your heart is no longer with the Lord. Your heart is no longer with God. The issue is your heart. I want to ask you, just ask you, this is the test of where your heart is. Does that which didn't feel previously like a sacrifice feels like a sacrifice now? it does, it's probably for something else. So how do we change? Go to more meetings. I think we should make the morning prayer meeting five o'clock. Thank you. Thank you. Something has shifted in your heart. Bring your heart before the Lord again and say, God, I shift it in my heart. That which is naughty becomes I uh, don't know how to it would I, I, I'll, 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 I'll have to get back to it verse 4 verse 4 we were, we were not finished with verse 4 this is clean hands pure heart who does not lift his soul to what is false I don't want to say anything like this I just want to say do you want to see what is in your heart do you want to see what's in your heart? This is the great tester. Do you want to see what is in your heart? Jesus gives us this perfect tester. Do you want to know what's in your heart? Do you want to know if your heart is full of Jesus? Let's test it. What your heart is full of, your mouth will speak. If you are at your most relaxed and you just chat with people, what comes out of your mouth? The praises of Jesus? Oh, what? Oh, what? My finances. That hobby. Oh, you won't believe what I saw. I saw this thing. This is so great. It's so great. It's so great. Sunday, all of that comes do you want to know what's in your heart what's your idol do you want to see what's in your eye what's the idol if I sit you down and you just finally speak by the way one of the, the, the great counselors I'm going to give you guys your insights of the last week that's the one time that I try to keep my mouth shut is when I uh, uh, counsel people and I just sit and wait no life is perfect all right I just love Jesus. All right. Just let it go. Just let it go. And then Sunday. Like it's really nothing. It's like nothing. What your heart is full of when you're most relaxed is what we don't understand. It's the last one. No, we're not finished with this. <laughs> Lift my soul to whatever's false and then does not swear deceitfully. Does not swear deceitfully. Now, I think with the challenge on worship, if God is putting his finger on it, I want to challenge us today. Not only the worship, but how we worship. You know, there was a there was a couple in the Bible. It's the only official meeting in the in the book of Acts that is ever recorded. In the book of Acts, when we follow Christians, we see them outside of the church building. We see them outside of the church meeting. There's only one time that we got a peek into a church meeting. And that is 
where two, a couple decided to bring an offering. Now, there was a certain trend in the New Testament church. When you give, you didn't tithe. Now, they didn't tithe. They gave everything. They sold all their possessions. Can you imagine? Sold all your possessions. And Sunday, you can't wait to all the possessions that you have sold, with all your bags of money, and to walk in front and to lay it at the apostles' feet. It's just all the devotion every Sunday. Now, I don't know. Maybe it became a little bit of a trend. Every Sunday, guys are going, you think to yourself, what am I giving? Now, nice, fine. It's so great. It's so great because then what you can happen, it becomes like socialism, man. Now we live on the church's money. We all share everything. And I don't know, nice, it's a fire. Bit of a business trick thinking, I will wait if I give more money. Keep a little bit back. So we go, on the funds of the church. No, they sold them. They belong to the church. They come back Sunday. Also, their time is valuable. Listen to the apostles. This is everything. I give everything to the church. Good. This is everything. Ananias. You shouldn't speak this way. You shouldn't say you do one thing. You can bury this one. The next one, his wife comes in. Same story. Just when the deacons is finishing burying Ananias, and they're just about to be back, Sapphira falls in the same trap. Guys, Sapphira falls in the same trap. Okay. <laughs> when Peter is preaching, is he coming to church? Who's preaching Sunday? Peter. I'm staying home. Too. But, huh? Listen here. I, I want to ask. I want to ask. Who of us have said, God, I give you everything? Who of us has sing it in the song? God, I give you say there's something in God that does not change. There's something even in our coming together here. As with an Ananias and a Sapphira that we come before God's people. And it's the trend. I mean, we all say it. We all do it. We all, it's a nice style. We do Jesus. We everything. We love you. In our hearts, we reserve. Monday, we reserve. Tuesday, we reserve. Actually, our lives speak so much different than the songs that we sing. There's something of God that pricks them. He's looking for worshipers that will worship Him in spirit and in truth, not in spirit and deception. Whatever I'm going to declare, I'm going to live. My life is simply, the declaration is simply an expression of my life. I'm not going to have any deceit in me. Now, listen here. If, if we can at least be honest, I'm not giving you anything. I'm giving everything. I spoke to the I spoke to the uh, to the worship team on Wednesday, and I said, guys, we need to we need to clean up on this thing. We can't live one thing and sing another. If we're not going to live it, we can't sing it. 
And so please be your excuse if you live and sing a different way. And so one person said to me afterwards, he said, you know, really want to have not in life. I said, that's it. There's no decision. There's an acknowledgement that I'm not there. I can't help you. That's what can you respond. Who will, who, will, who will walk with me? Who will be on the hill of the Lord? And another person said, he that is humble counts that. Him who can recognize I'm not there, but not merely deceptive. Oh God, I give you everything. Can we have the deceit out of our mouths? <laughs> and live a life that's true to who we are. And this is the thing. You're not settling by, okay, God, I'm not giving you everything. God, I'm not giving you everything. Help me. Work it in me. But it's a, you will find a vessel that gives you everything. I'm not settling for that. challenge that I hear so many times. I understand. I know. I know the information. I know God is great, but somehow I don't see it. We are a generation that has the great and the right information, but we haven't seen him. Oh, God is great. Jesus is with me. And I thought with my children, I know you don't you have that information, but oh, we're not a generation that has seen his face. We've heard about him. We've got the information, but his face is not as, 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 as veiled from us. Because if we would see the face, there will come a different light. Now, there's a guy in the Bible, and I want to just read this verse to you. It's in Job 42 that went on a journey. He says, I know that you can do all things. He's speaking to God. Job is saying, I know that you can do all things and that no purposes of you can be thwarted. That's a revelation that all of us need, that Job got. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. I could make it. Here and I will speak. I will question you as you make it known to me. I had heard of you hearing of the, of the ears, and now my eyes see you. Job got it. Something has shifted in Job. I've heard about you. I was a Christian, and I was a follower of God that heard about you. I had all the information. I have all the stuff, but something has shifted in Job's life, that it's not merely information, but he sees him now. And you know Job's journey. Paul, I, I, I've, 
the last six, seven months I've journeyed with young Paul, we just uh, chatted, and God has just stripped young Paul of everything, you know. And young Paul has just uh, uh, gone like in this, where is God? And his information about God and his experience is just two different things. And I always knew God is just visiting. But in the last while, some of these things have just come together, and suddenly that was just information that became revelation. And he's changed everything. And it's the same with Job. There was something that he heard about God, but something has changed drastically in his season. Here's the thing. When you want to go on the journey that Job went on, how desperate are you? How desperate are you? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm speaking in tongues. Maybe I'm speaking in tongues. Maybe I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know. But I'm going to see it. God, if it's going to take 40 different years. God, if it's going to take 40 different years. I don't know what else do I live for. What else do I live for? I want to see you, God. I want to see you. I'm not satisfied by just hearing about you. I want to see you. And God, gosh, whatever it takes, God. Whatever it takes. Are we that generation that want to see his face above all things? Jesus is coming back. He will change us. He will change us. Father, that where glasses has become vague and we are unable to see where the goalposts have shifted Lord Lord that you will find again a people that says who will ascend the hill of the Lord who will ascend the hill of the Lord who will set apart everything who will rip every hook of this world from them and say here I am God set me apart for you what else what else should I live for Nothing of this earth and this world, God, can do it. Here I am, Lord. I want to ascend the hill of the Lord. Clean hands, pure hearts. My soul will not be lifted up to any idols, God. And I will not speak deceitfully. Make us a generation, God, that will seek your face. We're not satisfied by just hearing about you. Whatever it takes, we want to be that generation that sees your face, Jesus. What else, Lord? What else? I want to see you. I'm going to ask, you know, I'm, I'm, maybe you guys can just take some time and just, just give stuff to the Lord then where you realize the hands are not pure, the hands are not separated, the hearts are not there. Whatever it is, Whatever it is, I don't, the desire to ascend the hill is gone. Just, just for a time, take a time and speak to the Lord. Breathe in. And as you do it,
Okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna play communion now. Sorry, I I know that you're outside of the time that we set, and I know you have time to devote to God. But but just honor that if you if you if you have to go, go to church, but uh, we can just please take communion together as a as a people, and we can have. Uh, have those baptisms. So I'm going to ask you for communion. Um, that uh, we we will honor God's body here and not take it, uh, um, not take it in uh, in contempt or cheaply. Right? If you've got anything in your heart against somebody, please don't take communion. Sort it out. If there's anything that is not in the right place now that you know of, repent. Please take communion, right? And if you're not willing to do it, don't take communion, right? Let us, let us, let us, let us regard holiness more than just running the mall with show people.